Welcome to the Experimental Aircraft Channel podcast and video podcast series, where we talk with our guests about experimental, light sport, and ultralight aviation. We are just getting started with this, so if the audio isn't 100% just yet, bear with us. Perfection is coming. Let's jump right into the interview. All right. Okay, everyone. So uh, welcome to another edition here of this virtual uh, uh, social distancing episode of Experimental Aircraft Channel. Today, we are talking with Viking Aircraft Engines here in Florida, and uh, Alyssa is joining us. So Alyssa, welcome, and thank Hi. you. Thank you for your time today. Yeah, of course. So one of the first questions I wanted to ask, um, and this is also coming because of Summon Fun has been canceled and I wanted to get with all the manufacturers and just kind of touch base on where you are, what you're doing and, and what's going on in 2020. So what is new for Viking in 2020? Um, I guess there's a lot of things new that are happening for 2020, but one of the bigger things, I guess, because Sun and Fun didn't happen, um, it's really given us a lot of time to kind of work on those projects um, that we planned on doing throughout the year. But more than anything, we've been busy because people are stuck at home and people are wanting to build and want to keep their hands busy, want to keep their project going, even though they're not getting to go to Sun and Fun. So that's kind of fun. At least we're staying busy during this time. So, but new for Viking uh, 2020. Um, I don't know if there's a whole lot of new. There'll be some little projects and stuff that come up. Um, little things we're always changing, adapting, updating, uh, testing. That's all new. We've got a couple projects that have been sitting around for a little while. Uh, some people saw our Aventura video not too long ago. We've got to button that thing up and finish it. We plan on putting our 90 horsepower engine on it. Um, so that, that's the other thing is that, so what, um, what are you currently offering for engines, just to clarify for everybody? Yeah, we have our 90 horsepower engine, which is a 1.2 liter Mitsubishi Mirage engine. Um, that's our newest engine that's come along. It was a lot easier to do the lower horsepower than it, you know, it was to, to move up in horsepower. But, um, and then from there, we were testing our 90 horsepower is being turbocharged, um, just a little bit. So it's a hundred horsepower engine. That one is still in testing. Um, we'll probably continue the testing for that throughout the rest of the year. And, um, once that's clear, the idea is to have it retrofitted onto any of the nineties that are flying now and, um, in the future. So. And then we have our, our most prevalent engine is our 130 horsepower engine. That's most common in the Zenith aircraft, the Sea Rays, the Kit Fox. I mean, it, it winds up being a really popular all around engine. Um, that's our, the one we're most well known for and our biggest seller. And that's a, a Honda Fit engine. So it's a 1.5 liter Honda Fit engine. And then we kind of move up into the higher horsepower. So we have the Honda Civic engine, which is a 1.5 liter as well. And um, it's turbocharged naturally from the vehicle. Um, and then we have the 195 horsepower, which comes from a Honda Accord. So again, that's also turbocharged. And that's a lot of you guys have seen that engine in the, um, in the Zenith Super Duty that we have. That, the last part got cut off just a little bit. So that, yeah, this, the Super Duty, that's a, a popular seller for, for that model you're saying. Yeah, we have, I mean, everyone's seen our Zenith Super Duty and um, yeah. red and black one with big tires. So our bigger horsepower engine is the one that we're selling a lot of that for. Okay. And I understand on, on your website, you show pretty much. <laughs> I'm homeschooling, guys. Hey, well. it is what it is, right? We have to adjust yeah. in these times, huh? Wear all the hats. Yes. 
Yeah. So yeah, I saw um, on your website you you show that you can ship nearly nearly next day uh, on orders. Yeah, we keep everything in stock here, so there's no like huge backlog. Everything from the cowlings to the mounts to every little firewall forward piece, and a lot of times we have the props in stock as well. So we have any prop option you want in stock, the engines in stock. The only thing we typically ask, we can ship next day if possible. Um, we like to have 24 hours for logistics, just to for our own scheduling purposes. It makes it a lot easier all the way around. But if you need it next day, yeah, there's multiple times, especially during um, Sun and Fun being canceled, and a lot of people planned on speaking with us there or picking up there. That we've got it all ready and we've got it shipped. So, sure, um, it's just it's something that it. We don't like people to have to wait to continue their build. There's nothing worse than being exciting about moving on to the next part of your project and then be like, oh, well, you'll have it in six months. Sure. And on, on that note, um, how many different firewall forward packages do you have produced now? Because I, mean, I know the, the investment in time and energy and, and money to develop a firewall forward kit, but what do you what you've got covered so far? Um, that's that's a pretty loaded question. It's kind of interesting because when you're an engine manufacturer, you have to know a lot about a lot of different aircraft. Well, sure. when you're an aircraft manufacturer, you just kind of deal with your own thing and people can do what they want as far as the engine is concerned. Um, we have, I mean, we have molds for cowlings. We have two very large commercial hangars here and we have molds for cowlings for 50 different aircraft. So, I mean, we're talking everything from we've done I just shared some of this recently, but like motor gliders, um, we've done every kind of kit box, we've done Zenith, we've done just aircraft, we've done a Cessna in Russia. I mean, we've, we really, we've, we've done a, there's not very much you can name that we can't do. And if it is something that we haven't done, um, it takes us less than two weeks really, as far as kind of pulling it all together and making it happen. Gotcha. And being that, of course, you don't have every airframe, every aircraft in your shop or, you know, to pull up, they're available. How do you obtain that information to be able to create engine mounts and cowlings? Is it straight from the manufacturer? Or does it, you ask the customer just to take some measurements or how do you acquire that information? Um, it just depends. And sometimes it's um, like the Zeniths. Obviously, we've had every kind of Zenith in our shop. Yeah. Um, that's the most popular build for us here. Um, but I mean, we'll get the dimensions and stuff from the customer. And a lot of times, like we just worked with Glassstar to get, we're putting one of our turbo engines in a Glassstar. And uh, we just worked with them and got the dimensions and we get the tubes cut and weld them up and it's on, on its way. And it's, it really is a simple process when, you, when you've already figured out all the things that, that kind of go into place. Right, you get, you get the weight and balance information, uh, firewall, uh, attach yeah, point and measurements. And yeah, and it's about just triangulating the mounts right to make sure everything is, is good to go. If you are finding value in this video, hit the like button and it's really important that you subscribe as it helps me get sponsors like Airworks, Aero Adventure, Wingbug, Griplock Ties, Edge Performance, and new this month, Kit Plane Parts. And right now, Griplock Ties has a promo for USA customers to get free shipping. Just use the code EXPERIMENTAL. Find all of these links in the description below. Let's jump back in. Sure. So what uh, are the current projects you've got going on at Viking? Like what's, what's in your shop as far as are you doing install right now? Uh, you know, what, uh, well, what little projects of, are going on? Because of the whole virus thing, we, we actually were planned to have um, another Zenith 750 stole here this week. That is a little bit delayed. Um, so as soon as everyone's allowed to travel again, he's coming from Connecticut and bringing his fuselage. Wow. That's a drive. So, yeah, we just had a gentleman from Maine um, 
a lot of people know we've been to Texas quite a few times. So um, an installation will be coming here and um, probably, I'd say probably in about a month or so, as soon as he's able to kind of get down here. And then, um, then we have, we'll be going back to Texas again. You know, the on-site installation, something new started offering this year, which basically means, you know, we come to you and do the install, which is a very niche market. There's not very many people that will do installs in their shop, let alone travel to you to do that. So it makes it, it makes it really nice for people that don't want to risk maybe traveling with their fuselage or don't have the equipment or maybe still have to work. Yeah. And then we just install your engine and, and we're done. So. Yeah, and I'll th I think it makes a lot of sense. Like I said, trying to the logistics of getting an airframe down to you, and then to bring it back, especially if they're not going to do their first taxi first flight down there, then it's it's an expense and logistics of possibly damaging. So I get it. Makes sense. Yeah, so it's it's something we're really enjoying, and it gives us an opportunity to really get to know our customers. Well, you know, we spend a lot of time together when we're one on one doing an installation. So that's that's a really fun aspect that we get to do and we get to travel a little bit doing it too uh a lot to texas um <laughs> we we have been there a lot more than i ever thought we would but it is fun and and you know we stay busy so and like you said we're always developing new like kits and stuff like that you know someone calls us up and if we haven't done it before we we go from there and that does take a little bit of time and it a lot of attention so yeah, shipping yeah. one of our engines to like a cgs hawk some people might know what that is here in the next day or two. So that was a whole new development for us too and a whole new airframe that we had to work on before. Sure, sure. So my next uh, question is we'll just kind of <clears throat> connect them together is both, yeah. I, see, I see you have a new website which looks amazing by the way. Yeah. Um, and then on the website it mentions uh, Viking aircraft engines and Valkyrie power. So what in the world is Valkyrie power? <laughs> a lot of people, um, if they follow us pretty closely, obviously they know uh, me and Jan are getting married in November. A lot of that is the okay. conjunction of us together in the company and not just expanding. I mean, we offer engines, but there's a lot of other items we do day to day here um, that aren't just for our engines. You know, we do bungees for the Zenith. We do RV-12 shields. Um, we do spinners and fuel systems. And so there's a lot of other bits and pieces and he always likes to keep his mind busy. So that's kind of just an extension of the engine aspect that we do. So, I mean, that's really all there is to it. It's, it's kind of just making it our own and um, changing things up a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I just want to clarify. I wasn't sure. I think I had seen something you guys had posted. Jan was working on his computer and kind of panned across and there was an airplane. I wasn't sure if you were developing your own airplane too and call it the Valkyrie. So. Well, you know, who knows, but um, he's he's got this idea of a twin engine stuck in his head. So um, don't be surprised if you don't see something like that in the next year. Okay. So, okay. Um, we, we want to finish up a couple projects we have here first. A lot of people have seen the YX, the Sonics YX that we have here. Um, we'll pop a 90 on that. It's ready to fly, so we'll pop a 90 on that here in the coming uh, months or so, and we'll get it flying, and we'll see more videos of that. And then, like I said, obviously we have a seaplane as well. We want to get ready to go. So Maybe 90. We'll call Alex over here and make him put it together for us, right? Cool, cool. So you're putting a, a 90 on a, a Sonics? Yeah, we'll cool. have a 90 on our Sonics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there'll be a nice other option um, to the Volkswagen for those people. Yeah. Yeah, we've done a lot of replacements of those so far, um, and those people are getting really close to flying. Um, we would just like to do it to our own. Uh, a lot of people know the Zenith Super Duty and the Zenith in general is not necessarily the fastest airplane, so mm. it would be nice to have a little bit of a, a more cross-country airplane. Just sure. A little. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so one of the bigger questions is um, for me and for, for people is 
during this whole isolation thing, uh, being stuck at home, hopefully people are able to not freak out and this is going to be over with soon and maybe pick up on some of their projects they've put to the side. But, um, what, what have you seen changed there, you know, during this crisis? And secondly, um, how can builders stay engaged in aviation right now, uh, during this time? Well, I think there is so much content out there available as far as videos to watch, especially on our end. I mean, we're trying to produce more videos so people can keep working on their projects, at least have something to do. Um, we're having a lot more calls even. Um, we're busier than we even normally are. People are getting back to their projects. People are kind of like, okay, now I'm at home. I have a little bit of extra time. I want something to do, something I've been meaning to do that isn't a honey-do list. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so, you're not giving Jan a honeydew list during these times, are you? Not at all, not at all. But uh, <laughs> I, I, finishing airplanes—that's his list. Okay. But, um, the biggest thing is—I mean, I really feel like, if anything, a lot of the community is a little bit of an older community. So a lot of people are retired, or I mean, they're not super concerned about it, and they're—and they are just stuck at home. So they want something to do, and it gives them time to finish up those projects. Nothing's changed here. As of right now, we're still shipping daily. We're still shipping engines. Um, uh, deliveries are still coming in. We're taking, you know, sanitizing steps and stuff like that. I mean, it is different to like pick up a package and then open it and wash your hands. It's a whole, it's a whole different scenario for your day to day. But just taking a little bit of extra precautions. But nothing's really changed here. Um, okay. We'll continue working through all of this. Um, have you? I, I saw recently uh, Sebastian at Zenith put out a, a rudder workshop that's going to be live uh, towards the end of the month. Have you guys considered doing something like that? Because I know you do engine workshops, correct? Yeah, we do an annual engine workshop. We just had our second one here in July. Had about 50 people here, which is really great. Um, I don't know because we have already videoed and documented so much of our engine workshops and stuff like that. I don't know if it's worthwhile for us to do. Um, that doesn't mean it won't be done. But really, we're trying to focus. We're really digging into some of our turbo installation videos and um, kind of getting into some of the detail videos we've been meaning to do for some time. The Super Duty doesn't have a lot of information out there. There's nobody flying yet other than Zenith and us still at this moment. Right, right. We have some customers that are pretty close, but this also um, will help to navigate them and in their installations and move forward in that process so they can get a little bit closer to flying. So really that's our goal is we stay, we stay pretty tied up helping people out and doing those kind of videos. I don't know if some kind of online platform. There's a lot of logistics that are involved with trying to do that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Doing the live, doing the live thing is, uh, yeah. is a challenge for sure. Yeah. You guys have definitely been putting out a lot more content. I've noticed that myself um, recently of the, the how to, or just to show how, um, an installation was done and so forth. And that's a lot of good information. Well, we like, we like the idea of using video content over, you know, a manual necessarily step-by-step -step manual. It's a lot easier to show somebody than trying to explain someone in a drawing how to do something. Yeah. Um, and, and because it is an engine installation, it's not an aircraft. There are so many different ways to do things and it can vary from aircraft to aircraft. So to have that, that basic standard is, is really what we want people to see. And, you know, we install it very basic. You can customize it from here, customize it from there, however you see fit. Um, that's that's the thing about experimental, and that's the great thing about it is is you can do what you want. But at the same time, we just allow people to try to make safer decisions so they can be safe flying. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'm I'm very happy to hear that uh, in the last several weeks that nothing's really changed for you all and for aviation. I'm, I'm 
kind of curious of like, are we just in denial of what's going on and we haven't accepted that? So we're just like, hey, I've got some extra time at home. Let's just order this and order that and do this and get some stuff done. Uh, I know my sister, uh, she's down in Port St. Lucie, a little bit closer to you guys. And she's been sending me pictures like almost daily of she's painted this wall or redone the bathroom or hung a mirror. I'm just like, good for you. <laughs> you know, but uh, I'm wondering if, if we're in denial or or uh, it just really isn't affecting people that much yet. You know, so um, well, obviously I want aviation to stay alive during this time because, I mean, let's face it. I mean, unless you have some type of, I don't know, bush plane that you're supposed you know, dropping off supplies or, you know, herding cattle or something like that. These are toys, right? I mean, they're a hobby. So that's one of the first things you think would drop off the list of things of uh, essential needs. But also, I mean, our hobbies and our passions are also what keep us happy and, and yeah. uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's a, a mental health thing, right? Aviation's a mental health thing. Uh, that's the way I'm taking it. But I mean, I just, I, I do think you're right in the aspect and that's always our concern. Um, Thankfully, you know, we're busy enough, we're financially set enough, even if things slow down for the next six months, we're well okay, and we're still going to be here for everybody, you know, whatever it is. So we're not worried too much about that aspect, but you're right about as far as like a hobby, you think, you know, the first thing that leaves are people's hobbies, but at the same time, it's a lot different than um, we're bored out of our minds. <laughs> we are we're running out of things to do. So and a lot of and a lot of the generation is hopefully and expands further into the younger generations. But a lot of what we're dealing with, you know, aren't people that are still in a working industry. You know, we don't typically deal with, um, you know, people working in a restaurant that are being affected pretty heavily right now. And and that's that's aren't not typically, um, I guess, the type of customers that we have. Right, your your demographic, our our demographic, yeah. typically is a little bit older and has more time in their hands and is financially a little bit more stable than, you know. There's the exception to the rule, but primarily that is our demographic. Yeah, and I think and I think that in itself is kind of helpful, um, at least for this particular hobby. So, um, I mean, I'll take it. Um, but <laughs> right. I just I, it is it is very odd to not be it would sun and fun not going to sun and fun is is a very odd thing. I mean, Jan's obviously been going to sun and fun since it started. Um, and I don't know that it's ever been canceled. I mean. No. I don't think so. Um, there was an interruption a few years ago because a tornado decided to walk through there, but yeah, I just it, it is kind of weird and and to think and to not kind of know what's going to happen in the future as far as some of the upcoming air shows for people is um, I think people are treading a little lightly. You know, people still want to build and still want to do, but I think people are kind of holding out. So I also think once things kind of get back to normal in a couple months, we'll also see an influx. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping and thinking, and maybe you, you're thinking this way too, that we are supposed to be in social isolation, stuck at home, and we as people just have this this need to be around people. So when this is over, we're going to want to go to anything publicly scheduled out there, concerts, air shows, you know, just to be around people, you know, maybe we'll all like wear you know, free hug hats and shirts and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just an interesting way to live right now. But all I can hope is that everyone stays safe. And I know there are a lot of even customers of ours that are really secluded right now. People have, you know, pre issues that could really hurt them if they do get any kind of sickness. Um, so I just hope everyone stays safe. We'll get through it. We're not too concerned about it. Hopefully Oshkosh is still a go and uh, we'll be there like we always are. Sure, sure. Well, um, going back to the engines just for a second, I had a, another question or thought. Um, 
are you guys primarily selling um, this as just as a as a complete kit, or will you sell components too? Like, are you selling just an engine, just a gearbox, just a you know, or is it just a package? You're a package deal. Mostly, we are a package deal. There have been okay. very few circumstances otherwise. Um, that's what we like. I mean, there's plenty of options out there as far as people that want to kind of build and do their own thing. Um, that's not what we're doing. Um, you know, it, it's it's just good, and and even so, we're trying to streamline that even more by making uh, kits to where you can basically bolt up the engine and plug in a few things and be done. So to try to keep it more plug and play and keep some, yeah. I'll say liability because this is this is all liability. It's all experimental, right? But keep some of the questions out of somebody buying one component from you and then doing something massively different and you know not not going as planned. And that's what, and, and people, but why don't you just sell this and why don't you just sell that? Well, I mean, there was 30 years of development that went into having what we have now. And to just sell that component and someone to attach it to something and call it a Viking engine, you're right. There is a lot of liability and it's our name at stake. And, you know, we try to have the best thing leave here. People are like, well, I have a Honda Fit engine. Can't you just sell me the components? I said, well, the engine aspect is probably one of the most affordable aspects that we do. The engine is not where the cost is. It's the machining, it's the gears, it's the harnesses, it's the computers, it's the development that all took the time. Um, they always seem to think it's a little easier than it is. Right, and, right. Um, it's like you can try to do that on your own. It's going to cost you twice as much to just purchase one. Um, well, well, on that note, and this is more deeper technical question. Yeah. So do you guys, uh, when you get the engines from, uh, not from Honda, but from cars, um, yeah. the Honda cars, do you do any... Do you use the original computer? Do you use your own computer and remap it? Do you remap the Honda computer to create the horsepower at the RPM that you need? Or how, how do you accomplish that? Um, our engines are all dynoed um, professionally, um, not by us. We're not professional dyno people. They are professionally dynoed by a company, and it's a proprietary computer that we use. Um, okay, so you throw, you throw away the Honda computer. Correct. The and Honda you create your own parameters. And the Honda harness, all of that stuff, it, it all gets changed. We used to have cell wiring, aviation grade, when it all gets rewired. Um, the computer itself, it doesn't need all the little gizmos that a car engine would need. So yeah, we we dyno it for power. You know, a lot of times you're also dynoing things in a car for more efficiency and all around. They're not looking for pure power out of their ECUs. So right, yeah, that's that's a lot of conversations I have. People ask me about you know, how Honda puts out one horsepower rating at a certain RPM and yet you guys are getting a similar horsepower at a lower RPM, but it's not stock. You're changing the exhaust, you're changing the parameters of the computer so you can kind of dial things in at different RPMs. Exactly. Um, it really is a, a custom product. So people can't just buy a harness and a computer um, and just hook it up to anything. It's very specific to that engine. Every engine model we have has, has been done differently. Okay. So in reality, if somebody were just to go out and buy uh, an engine out of a car that has low miles and put a gearbox on it and operate it at the prop RPM that is required to, to uh, turn a prop like that um, from a stock Honda, they're not going to see 100, 130 horsepower. They're going to see like 100 horsepower or something like that or yeah, whatever it is. It's not going to be just a plug and play from... That's where the kit comes into play. There are so many more components that people are unaware of from map sensors to cam sensors to the amount of fuel. Um, and that's where we don't really want people testing and doing that on our own. That's, you know, that's Jan. Jan takes that all up, you know, after it's already 
um, been done, we also fine tune it even more once it's flying. So sure. we start flying with that and dialing everything in while we're flying. So yeah, we well, just like exhaust systems alone, you think about an engine and it has to go, you know, down and back. And then there's probably uh, a couple mufflers and a catalytic converter and all that stuff. So that's a lot of back pressure. So you kind of create a header and open up the exhaust of that in itself probably creates more horsepower. Yeah, some people want to talk about air filters and exhaust adding more and tons more horsepower. That's not the reality. It's a very small amount that gets added after that. It's, it's not a crazy amount by any means. But the, the reality of it is um, testing on a dyno and saying something has a certain horsepower is so much more different than flying behind that creation and, and showing the horsepower flying. Right. It's, just a, it's a whole different thing. Say you, anybody can plug something on a dyno, rev it up a little bit, and say it has this much horsepower. We could do that with our 130 horsepower and create a lot more horsepower. Mm. It's about reliability, longevity, making it last. And, um, you know, selling components like that is not something we're looking into doing. There's, you know, not only that, and unfortunately, you know, we've had our engines copied in China, and just like, you know, everything gets copied there. Um, it's not something where we really want to be a part of. It's just not. We sell plug and play. If you want to build your own, go for it. But gotcha. you're gonna have to design it. Yeah, yeah. Here's a here's a cartridge engine. <laughs> well that and you know people do want in a lot of other countries too. They have I have a Honda Fit engine. It's a 2016 and it has thirty thousand miles on it. And I'm like, ugh, you know, that's a huge misconception to what we do. Over ninety percent of the engines I have here have anywhere from five miles on them to 2,000 miles on them. And sometimes we have some that are slightly more high mileage, but usually never over like 8,000, 10,000 miles. And it's becoming more and more readily available. And I understand uh, you guys have a way of sharing that information. Like you can take the serial number of the engine and match it with the car and actually show this is what it's got. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the VIN number, the same VIN number that comes right off the car is this little green placard that's on there and that connects right into where it shipped from, where the car came from, where the engine came from. So you have, you have traceability. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and obviously we have right of refusal. We deal with one person. We don't get these from all over the world and they have a great relationship with their vendor and Honda and Mercedes and everybody else where a lot of these shipping containers come in, trains come in, boats come in. If there's scratches on these cars, they can't sell them as new. So we do wind up getting um, through contractual agreements um, shipping damage engine, but we do wind up, um, getting the engines in, in that way. And people are like, Oh, you just get that whole engine just like that. I said, yeah, they've had to crush hundred thousand dollar BMWs. It's just the contract that they have with them. And that's how it works. Um, and it's, it's a great way for us to get a 2020 engine at, um, a much lower price. And that's, that's what allows us to kind of offer this newer technology and everything at a lower price like this. Sure. Sure. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, and you also, you know, I try to tell people, I say, you don't want to buy a stock engine and it's going to cost you more. I said, that's maybe what, if a, less than a thousand dollars off, whatever you're going to do, then I have to send you the components and I got to show you how to put it together, which is going to be consultation fee because we can put it together for a lot less than trying to explain someone how to put it together. Yeah. Time is, time is money. Yeah. And then we wind up with the liability. So that, that becomes an issue and then you don't have warranty on the engine. So it's like, it really makes much more sense to, to just buy it as a complete thing. And is there, is there a warranty that comes with, with the engines? Oh yeah, absolutely. We have a one year, hundred hour uh, warranty with the engines. 
And outside of that, we always support it well above and beyond all that. Um, that's really just pieces and parts. Um, if gotcha. you've got issues, which isn't typical at all. Um, like, you know, in any like brand new engine, you don't see coils really go bad and spark plugs go bad and starters go bad. They really should last most of the lifetime of the engine. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, again, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that uh, nothing's really changed at your guys end and aviation so far seems to be very healthy in these uh, kind of uncertain times. And that's kind of wanted to check in on you and, and uh, make sure that's the case. Yeah. Just give us some more time to fly. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> give us more time to fly, more time to build uh, some time with our families. And uh, for some people, honeydew lists that are non-aviation related, but yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, thank you very much for taking a few minutes out of your day today to talk aviation with me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I appreciate your time. And um, hopefully we'll see you guys at Oshkosh 2020. We'll be there if we can. Okay. All right. I'll check in with you again soon. All right. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Thank you for joining us here on the Experimental Aircraft channel for the video podcast and or podcast. These episodes will be available on YouTube as well as all the popular podcast platforms. Thanks for watching or listening. We'll catch you next time.